So here's another, I mean, this to me is astonishing. And that is the woman with the, the woman whose husband was a servant of the Lord died. He had debt. And now Elisha rolls into town and she goes to get to Elisha or Elisha goes to her house, whatever it is. And she's complaining to him, hey, my servant, you know, my husband was a servant and we're, they're about to lose everything. The sons are going to be sold into slavery because that's what happened because they couldn't pay their bills. So remember, this is a very important thing to understand about the, what you steward over is the discernment between bread for the eating, seed for giving at the house of the Lord, which is it's really important. It's how things get done. Seed for giving to people in need. Uh, I found out that you could uh, call the electric company, and if you give them address, an address, you can anonymously pay someone's electric bill. Because I prefer that kind of stuff anonymous. I don't always, but I prefer that. Um, but be creative. I mean, God has had me do mortgages and a uh, mortgage payment, not pay off mortgage, but mortgage payment, different things. Um, again, it's just about, are you going to obey? And, and I, like the Holy, I, I like the way the Holy Spirit works with me in that. It's just creative and sometimes out of the box or whatever. So the woman has this issue. The prophet, so there's some really important principles here. The prophet shows up on the scene, and the prophet says, so now I'm going to say this to you. If you've contemplated a business, part-time, it doesn't really matter. Oh, man, that's a good one, too. Wow. Then, then hear what I'm telling you, right? The prophet says to her, so here's the need. She has a need. In this particular case, and it could be different in others, but in this particular case, the prophet didn't say, give something away. The prophet said, what do you have? This throws people sometimes when they're coming up with ideas. You already have an interest. You already have a skill set. What do you have? I have this cruise of oil. So because of the point of contact, because of the prophetic word coming forth, she begins to pour out the oil, and it's a home-based business. The family's involved. And people in the community, in this case, brought empty pots. And, but notice what happened. They didn't get free oil. She sold the oil, even though they loaned her the pots. She sold the oil. And then when the debt was paid, then the oil ran out. So the home-based business was used prophetically, I mean, through an, an unction, to pay off debt. That, I, I love uh, God's entrepreneurial, again, I see it, his entrepreneurial pieces in Scripture. So here's another one. Okay, Proverbs 31. So I say this to men. Would you like to have uh, some financial blessing coming into your house? Would you like... I'm trying to think of all the things that I say, but it's really good. So let me... <laughs> Let me read this about the Proverbs 31 woman. She's an entrepreneur. An excellent wife. So I'm going to say these things, and if 
one, if you're the if you're the husband, hear this. And two, this is true about you as a woman, married or not yet, or whatever the case is, this is true about you. And now, to what degree can you walk it out? Do you even believe it? Don't have this belief over this. And this is, I'm, I'm focusing on an entrepreneurial angle. Her, for her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night. She gives food to her household and portions to her maiden. So that's here. She considers a field and buys it. Wow, that's trust. If you, hey, if you see a field, you buy it. She considers the field and buys it. For her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. She has a heart to give. And, and of the giving, and I'll go, mention this in the giving, you know what's closest to God's heart in the area of giving? By far, head and shoulders above everything else? The poor, widows, orphans, and then the sojourner as well. That, he who, he who gives to the poor loans to God. You want a good interest rate on something? He who gives to the poor loans to God. And widows, in Hebrew thought, the, if the husband, an orphan, uh, sorry, an orphan is simply someone without the father in the house, in their life. That is an orphan from God's perspective. Think about the numbers of, man, think about the numbers of single women in the church. What a powerful field, church individually and as an organization, could be sowing into are these households and saving the lives of these young men and women that from God's perspective it's one of the most important, it is close to his heartbeat. We want to find out all, you know, there's a lot of great promises to me. But what God's heartbeat, the poor and the widows, and not rich widows. This has to do with widows left, how it would have been at that time where they had nothing. And orphans in the, in the sojourn. I just wanted to focus on that momentarily. So back to this. She extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for the snow. Oh, that's, that works for in Minnesota. For her household. All her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes covering for herself. So you can see it's a combination of some household things, but also entrepreneurial. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. Again. And supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. She has, man, just feel this. Feel this. This is true of you. Grasp it. 
you see out into the future. I don't mean that as in, oh, I know, you know, something. See your future. It's bright. It's good. It's, it is debt-free. It is you're a better steward. It is more love. It is more joy. She sees that. Man, that's good. Sorry. I'm not sorry. i got to not say that. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her husband and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now, investing. Okay. Jesus gives a parable about three uh, servants. The, the master's going to go away, and the servants, to one, he gave one talent. Now, this is not talents as in, da, 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 you know, this is money, but we can use talent. You can substitute whatever you want to, but anyway, to one a talent, two talents to the second guy, and five to the third one. So one, two, five. <clears throat> and the Bible says that the master did so according to their ability. Now, the Greek word there is the word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from it. It's actually a visible power, meaning he already saw what their skill set was and their managerial level, and he gave it according to that. Now, here's another little thing to break some of the churchy stuff of God just giving you however much money. Well, again, you maybe only have one because that's all he can trust you with, figuratively speaking. You follow? You, you weren't the servant who has worked their way to the two and certainly not the one who worked their way to the five yet, right? I mean, that's a possibility. There may be other reasons. I'm just saying, okay, we're going to glean some stuff from the parable. So, but it was according to something he already saw. So it wasn't Jesus, or this principle isn't, well, I'm just going to give money to everybody in the body of Christ. Let it, let it go. No, this was a stewardship now, focused on stewardship. I'm going away. I want you to steward something. But what's interesting about it is, is they went and traded it. They actually invested the money. This is a parable about investing, interestingly enough. Now, the, the vehicle of investing, I'm not going to, I'm purposefully not like giving a stock tip. I'm not doing that. About mutual funds and their, their um, investing in the market is certainly one of the things that people do, without a doubt. I'll bet you there's not a minister alive who's worth a lot of money who doesn't have money in the market. They can say what they want to about giving, but they, they've got money in land. They've got money in multiple places. I mean, that's just what people are going to do when you, have, when you do extra. That's just what happens. So there's um, 401Ks and Roth IRAs, and, but this is also investing. I'm a mechanic, and so, on the, so what I'm going to do, I know how to work on cars. I'm going to buy a car and fix it up and sell it. That's investing. It's taking something, adding some value to it, and, and turning it over, right? So don't think in terms of investing is just going to the market or whatever, because that could be. But the point of it is the master trusted these servants, and then what does he say about them? It's pretty astonishing to me how he praised the ones who doubled their investment on his behalf. Man. And what, the, what was the one who was af afraid, buried it, and just gave it back? The wicked, slothful servant. Holy cow, I don't want to be that. 
Now, that doesn't mean go divert your money from what you're doing, okay? This is a spirit-led, my premise covers all, all of those little possibilities by saying, be led by the spirit. Don't go and say, well, I said, hey, honey, it's time to do this, whatever. Be led. But the point of it is, some of our money is forgiving. Some is we're stewarding over our, our money. So stewardship is another a part of that, important part of it. But some of it is for investing. We saw the, the Proverbs woman there. She bought land. And that was an investment. She made, you know, is making money on it. He who sows the mindset that what I have is mine, I have some to spare. This is uh, 2 Corinthians 9. To sow sparingly or to, sp- to sow bountifully, right? If you sow from this mindset of I have some to spare, so I'll give a little extra, then you reap I mean, it's a simple scripture, but that's, that's why you reap so little, because it was just something to spare. And the real goal is to have a mindset of generosity to where the word, um, the Greek word is bountifully. That's why it's translated that way in some cases. But the idea is I've purposed to be a blessing. That's the word behind bountifully. I'm sowing with the purpose of being a blessing. Now, it doesn't take away from standing on God's word where we go, Father, I thank you that because I'm a giver, uh, it comes back on every wave I've sown, right? Keep on casting your bread on the water and it's going to come. It doesn't take away from those declarations. It doesn't take away from faith and believing all those things. I'm just offering some additional information to fatten out our understanding and, and broadening our context for I'm doing something every time. When I, when I give, it's a point of contact. When I give somebody a, I, I do this from time to time, I don't know, just supposed to give them something, but it needed to be in front of the church. In this particular case, they needed to be up there for a specific reason. I didn't pay off all their bills. I didn't make them debt-free, and I didn't give them a million dollars. All I did is as a principle of a point of contact. Whatever the amount is, whatever the amount is, make it, conscious and make it a point of contact. Okay, so I don't do work. I don't not do work for Christians, but I don't do work for people because they are with a, with a discount. I don't discount to Christians. I, I should charge more half the time. It really has to do with the individual and the character of the individual. What I don't like is when people, this is a true story, um, a couple of them. This, this person, uh, they were gifted a car. A mechanic fixed up a car for the church, gifted it to them, and then they expected to go back to the mechanic every time it broke down or something for free to fix it. And most people aren't like this. You know, I'm, you know, I'm covering a, a small thing. But I have found, you know, the times that I hadn't gotten paid it was so often from a believer. Oh, yeah, I'll help you out or whatever. And uh, so... I know that sounds really, I don't mean it bad, just on its own merits, I'm going to do work for people, and I don't give discounts. I don't discount what I do because I value it. God valued it. God built something on the inside of me. I'm going to charge more 
somewhat mark it, but I'm going to charge more as my skill set increases. As I discovered that, my gosh, we're providing an amazing product here. You know how much money we save this guy in repairs? And so we, our scale has gone up through the years, but it, there's an exchange there. That's one of the ways the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, is an exchange. They're going to hire me, and a saved person, for the kingdom. They might not know it than somebody else. However, I do things for free. So it's not that we don't ever do things for free. We are conscious, prayerful, and go, you know what, we're going to do that as, as unto the Lord. So when I'm saying this kind of a generalized statement, it isn't an all or nothing by any means. I just, um, and different probably regions of people are, are different character based. Some people are just amazing salt of the earth and they don't even, they're, they're not, they're not, they don't come at you asking for the discount. And what I would rather do, if I was gonna do some of that, I would say, well, here's the amount and pay me. You know what, I'm gonna give you back some. I want the exchange to happen at full price in these cases. But then I can turn around and be generous for a particular reason. And I hope I didn't throw you off too much for that one. But I had it on my list, so whatever. Yeah, because the, the labor is worthy of his hire. I really believe that, that God wants more people to have businesses. But there's, that's a big statement. And some of it is as simple as starting with, and it might seem silly, but it actually happens where a person is really well-known for their cookies. And then they begin to maybe sell cookies. And, then it, and it doesn't mean that everything is supposed to blow up into you know, a multi-million dollar business. It isn't about that. It's just about the transaction. It's just about doing something more by faith. But I can't stress enough that you're led by the Spirit in it. You may be in a season when that's not what you're supposed to do. You, you love your job. A lot of people don't like their jobs, you know, and so you, you know, have something, have something enjoyable, out, some uh, outlet of joy in your life, something you really like doing. Now, there's a difference between a hobby and a business. The hobby is not going to make any money, <laughs> you know. It, it either costs too much. I, I hand weave intricate silver hoochie bobs, and they take 500 hours to do one. Well, you can't sell one of those for $80 billion, you know, so that might be a hobby, and you might enjoy it. Great, but... And I'm not, I don't know that that's an enterprise. And obviously, again, be led by the Spirit. For me, as the Holy Spirit was training me, and that's exactly what it was, it was training me, and these things were foreign to me, but they were these little tidbits, little moments of do this and then put it into practice quick. The ex they, were, they were exercises. And the principal part of that, so I was thinking on, this has to do with the training of our soul. I've heard it said where the Lord, when there's a trial, the Lord is looking to see how you're going to react in the trial. And so I argue that, well, obviously he already knows that. So part of what the trial is for, it really is so that my soul, because my spirit man is always believing. My spirit man is eternal, and my first nature is love. My spirit man has all this capacity how God made me. My soul, mind, uh, mind, will, and emotions filter this guy. And not all of what's in here gets out here because of this, right? Because of my mind, will, and emotions. So part of the trial 
is, so I want you to think about this. Think of a trial that you made it through. I'll get to the question, sorry. I gotta quit saying sorry, because when I'm doing these rabbits, they're, they're, they're actually for a purpose. So when I, if I look at a trial that was successful about, I'll use finances as an example, then on the next one I can go, I trained my soul, soul look. This is what we did to make it through. We're going to do the same thing again now. The trial, part of the benefit is the training of my soul to understand that God's word works because I can spout it all I want to. I mean, believers, you know, we, we're good at that. We can say a lot of things. But the, the only weight, the only real benefit comes when I've experienced the victory because I stood upon his word, and his word got me through. And the trial can be, the sowing of this seed, as the sower sows the seed, can be simple. I use the uh, example about getting, getting up at three. So the seed sown is, hey, get up at three. And I, let's just say that the Holy Spirit wants me to do that. It's not just my idea. The Holy Spirit wants me. How does the trial start? At three, when I wake up and go, it's cold in here. <sighs> Let me just lay here another minute. That's the trial. I know it seems silly, and I know there are other trials, and I'm, and I'm purposely, there's lots and lots of trials, right? But it can be as simple as an act of obedience that I want to do, and the trial comes right on the verge of me doing that. And when I lay back and go to sleep, I failed the trial. What's that tell me? I don't have root inside myself. So then I go do it again. Well, after three times, do you give up? I, I can't do it. Because my soul has taught me that I can't do it. I have to have a burst of faith or something. I have to do something, counter that. I can do all things through Christ. So now at 3 o'clock in the morning, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm going to get up because I know if I lay in this bed for 30 more seconds, I'm not going to do it. But when I get up, now I'm in the realm of obedience. I am, there's grace to obey. That's right. All it was was the first step to get out of bed. So apply the principle to everything the Holy Spirit is telling you. Okay, questions? In, your, in the parable, uh, the, steward, the different servants are getting talents and, and talents. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, because your, your level of faith is then reflected in your actions. Now, is that stewardship or investments? or? What? Well, in that particular case, it's obviously about stewardship leading up to that moment. And then the, the other principle kind of from back here is that there's a role, there's a place, I, I believe it in the body of Christ, there's a role in the believer to understand, so, so here's how I look at it and can disagree or whatever, but, but this is just a, a view of it. We know that God is Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider, and that word means provision is seen. We know that we have abundant life. I have uh, come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, which implies more than provision. Provision is kind of, of the basic, as a believer, I'm going to believe God for, for food, clothing, shelter, right? Then there's abundance. I've got some extra. Well, one of the mistakes that items got, have gotten conflated, that somehow wealth is a positional truth, and it's not a positional truth in this way. The Bible tells us that he's given us power to gain wealth. Wealth doesn't come, there's not, we're sharing this with them, there's not a person alive who ever became wealthy, built wealth, 
because they gave everything away their entire life. They built businesses. The majority of them built businesses or had high-income jobs or or were CEOs or something. Wealth now. I'm talking about not not just the wealth of a great family. So I'm not talking about those types of things which are super valuable. Um, in, in, a, in, in the character side. I'm just talking about in general, um, the, for people who think because I've given, now thousands and thousands of dollars are going to come back to me, and, I, and that makes me wealthy. There's elements of that, but that's not the whole picture, and that's my kind of issue a little bit with some of it, is it doesn't really even touch on investing. I've never heard it. I've never heard, you know, in ministry, uh, not that it might not be out there, okay, people talking about uh, stewardship, Some you can hear more about that. Okay, another question. Okay, so I don't have a super awesome way to ask this question, so, um, okay. I struggle with the piece that you were talking about where the paycheck, the, the money comes in the door, and then I go, there's $167.27 extra. I'm trying to pay off debt right now. So how do I make, I guess what I'm saying is like, how do you say like, okay, how much, like, what you're saying, like, take that extra money, just this is what I know I need for bills, take that extra money, throw it in my socks and like, I guess I'm just asking for a practical step on, like, how do I not just be like... Well, if I'm hearing right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I've tithed because I cannot not... And, you know, there are people who make wonderful arguments about not tithing. I've heard some great arguments. I mean, when you go really study some of this stuff, it was specific groups and all these other things. I don't care. I mean, I'm saying that to be glib. It is a powerful thing and one of the best explanations is is let's say a, a place where you go to church says well you don't have to tithe you get to or but there's a whole area of blessing that doesn't come your way because you're not it's way beyond that because it is how the local church functions it's very practical it's, you know mixed in there but anyway so i've got that covered so now from there um i can't oh boy so I have, let's say I have exactly $200. I would, I would really pray. You're married? Yeah. I would pray and, and be in agreement because there's really, really, sorry, husbands and wives, there's something that we're leaving completely off the table is the power of agreement. Yeah. And if we can't be honorable to one another in the household budgets and things like that, one's the, you know, Dave Ramsey talks about one's this spender, but he, you know, kind of does it around the, Man, you're, you're leaving the power of agreement. So what I would do as an exercise, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to agree together, and we're going to say, we're going to take this dollar amount, and I'm just going to throw a dollar. I'm going to take $50, and we're going to do uh, the snowball. And then this other we're going to do whatever else with. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Uh, the snowball is where if you have credit cards, um, don't worry about the interest rate. You actually pay extra on the, on the lowest balance. And then you keep, in essence, you kind of have to live like this 
purposefully and let the extra go because if you got a bunch of credit cards, you're not going to see any breathing room for a while. So you pay that one down and then you take that $100 payment now because you've paid it off and you begin paying the second highest one. And then when the second highest one, but it's the long game. The other thing, this, this might be helpful to somebody, make sure you also set aside um, blow money because you're not going to maintain that game if you don't also go spend something from time to time di disciplined. Okay? So, but my main point is be in agreement. The Holy Spirit, I tell you what I would practice. I've done this with, with Stacy. We'll, you go pray about a number, I'll go pray about a number. We'll come back together and compare and have the same number. That's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is working. There's, there's tremendous power in the power of agreement that comes from this harmony and unity of a husband and wife in that case. And if you're not married, have a friend that you trust and can participate in that power of agreement. So it's just, a, it's just an exercise of pick a number. I'll add to that in case it helps. So he really helped us when we were at the place of, like, we just lived paycheck to paycheck. You know, we had our two kids. They were little, didn't make a lot of money. I worked super part-time, whatever. And we had credit card debt, and we had no savings. So that's kind of when he came into our lives and started talking finances with us. And it was amazing when we actually started calculating every dollar that came in because what happens is we, we get our pay and we start spending before we sit and actually take inventory fully of what we had. So for Jeff and I, that looked like, um, first of all, believing God like for extra. And when extra came, not blowing it, but saying, we're going to keep paying on these things. Some practical things that we did was we also took our credit cards and we found zero interest loans and we were able to get those. We put all our stuff on those and we were able to get them paid for. It was like one little step at a time. And I can remember at some time like having it all written down. I remember it started with like $40. You know, it started with like $40 a month. That's how much we had extra. I remember Jeff had to stop going to McDonald's because he would go to McDonald's and get an apple fritter and a pop every day. That was 7-Eleven? Your apple fritter came from 7-Eleven? Anyways, my bad. He would go to 7-Eleven every day and get an apple fritter and a pop. Do you remember how much that much came to? Okay, dollar menu. $2 each. Well, there were things like that that we stopped doing and... You would be shocked. I mean, I, it blew my mind kind of like yours. Like, but we were on this journey together. We set in our, in our minds what we were going to do. We expected and believed God. And we took those little things and set them aside. And before you knew it, we had a $1,000 savings account, which is like your minimum so that when your oven breaks, you're not all stressed out in your home. And, and, you know. and then next thing you know, we had the $3,000. And then we had friends who all of a sudden couldn't pay their mortgage. We were able to go and dig out $1,000 from our drawer and hand them $1,000 and say, hey, pay your mortgage. Other friends that Carrie and John Corona, come and live with us for summer because you had a business and things went wrong and we were able to say, come and live with us and save your money for a summer. But it started with two people who didn't make a lot of money, had kids, had no savings, but were determined to make small steps, believe God and be good stewards of what we did have. I don't know. I hope that's helpful. Amen. Way to preach. That's good. You could have done the class. But that, I cannot stress the key points is one, she did something more than nothing. I understand you can't, so here's another, 
Here's another uh, sacred cow that is an expression. I've said it myself, and then I analyze it, and I don't say it. And that is, if you don't have enough for your need, then it must be the seed. And the context of it is, if you don't have enough for something, then give it away because you're supposed to sow it. Well, that's utter nonsense. That isn't accurate at all. Now, can the Lord, is it possible the Lord spoke to a person and told that person, here's what I want you to do. Your seed isn't big enough, give it away. And then God did something. But that doesn't make doctrine. That means the Holy Ghost led them to do something. Okay, so I'm not saying it's not possible in any way. The Holy Spirit is super creative and worked with that person differently than me. But I can't take those things and now go, this is how everybody should do it. So the principle, the the key is do what you can with what you have. And by being faithful, then the following month increase will come. Who knows how? Oh, extra hours. Sometimes extra hours at work if you get paid that way. A little side something. I don't know how it happens. I just know that the kingdom works that way. Are you going to talk about the investing part? Okay, so what, inve- what part investing-wise? I, I did options for a while, but that was really tough, <laughs> and I never really made, any, made money at it. Um, I do have money. I, I actually do have money in Tesla. Uh, I do have money in some things like that, but also uh, I have focused on land. So I, and I also focus, focused on net worth, not just, uh, I'll give you a couple of statistics. This is part of an answer. I have, it must be a thing. So when I'm going to answer something, I have to give a backstory and an explanation for the, to, to get it all. I try to distill it down as, good, as well as I can. So when people, I hope no one in here has one of these, but typically people that have Range Rovers, okay, are uh, not necessarily building net worth, but it looks nice, okay? So what ends up happening with people as they start making more money is they spend more money, and so 20 years later, instead of having... And I'll, the example was a brain surgeon. This one brain surgeon only had $400,000 saved up, and his counterpart had $4 million saved up because he bought new Porsches every year. So it's about the mindset. Even though they both had a lot of money, one guy didn't live beneath his means and spent it all. Where was I headed with that? Was it had to do with invest? Oh, so the focus was on building net worth. And I didn't, I, I can't, again, another one. I wasn't trying to get one giant step overnight. Most of it has just been little by little. This is, I've made, I've blown money. I, I borrowed, I mean, I've done the wrong stuff too. I borrowed, I took money out of my house and bought a rice farm in Ecuador and they had their, a drought, <laughs> you know? I mean, so it's about being, being better led by the spirit. Thank God, um, you know, I was able to learn the lessons from it and, and try not to do those things. But uh, investment-wise, again, you know, if, if I was going to invest in the market, it would be index funds and mutual funds. And i do a little research on them and then do it little by little and don't think about it. I don't play the market. I don't try to time it. For some people, they may do that and be successful at it. That's just not how, how I do it. I just have little things going. Um, was there something else specific about the investing part? A long, long time ago, I read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. You may have read it one time. The takeaway for me on that was learn to live on 80%. You know, there's a tithing percentage. There's an investment percentage. Now, like our friend in the back that's 
Now, life is full-blown. Uh, he may be way over that. So, you know, what I, we've tried to do is we've tried to pare down so we sign, eventually can fit back into a box that's comfortable. You know, that 80% or whatever that number is so that we do have extra. That, and that is an important thing. Living beneath your means is actually one of the stewardship things. And wherever you are, the wonderful news, the victorious news, one, believe that you can. Believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Believe that God is with you and not against you. Don't be condemned by past mistakes or failures because I don't, view, I don't even view them as failures. I know what I did. But, I, but it's the lesson that I learned. I mean, I don't want to be just, oh, well, it's just a failure. You know, I don't look at it that way, but I'm also not going to carry that trash around with me the rest of my life. You make mistakes. I mean, I want to be as led by the Spirit as I can, and I can almost tell sometimes when I have violated, when I, when I did something presumptuous. And, I'll, and I can remember it, the, it being right here, and I just blew right past didn't listen, and then, well, there was a $5,000 loss or whatever, and I'm not trying to be light with it, but uh, I, don't, I don't really want to make up a bunch of losses. I'd rather um, do better. Other, other questions? Yeah, I'm super visual. You know, the way, the way you have it is it looks like it's three buckets, but as I'm listening to you, is it more accurate that stewardship is just the things that we're given, and out of stewardship, we look at going into investing or generosity and the buckets come out of that stewardship path. You have that one slide, the circles? I'll show you how I thought of it. Oh, vi speaking visual. Okay. <laughs> All right. So in my mind, and I, I've been this way since I can remember. So this is actually from a book called um, From Good to Great. And it covers businesses that were average, something happened, and they became great. It's kind of tough to do, distill it down very quickly. But one of the things that the business has found, and I, I share this as a part of, um, for a person who's thinking about a business, okay, home-based business type of thing, is what are you deeply passionate about? Some people can sell anything, and so in a way, their passion is sales. But I can't just get behind any old thing ago, listen, I want you to know that the manufacturer, this, this tablet has been manufactured like no other tablet. And so uh, I want to sell you these tablets because they're amazing. I, I, there's a few things. I just don't get behind stuff like that. But I am passionate about something. And then what can you be the best at? You know, don't do half-baked stuff. I mean, if you're going to, uh, one of the things that was said about um, the Pentecostals in the 50s and 60s is employees wanted to hire them because of their tremendous character. If you're not honest, I mean like to the point of pain. If you can't, if you don't approach it, I would rather suffer loss than be dishonest to somebody as a, as a, as a client or as someone buying something. I'm not going to in good conscience deliver something like that. I'm not going to nick somebody. I'm not going to get one over on somebody, not for $5 or $10, because really what you've done is you've now devalued you as a person, because that's not honorable. That's not God. God doesn't operate in the shadows. He doesn't operate in, oh, well, the lie of omission. 
where you don't really tell somebody, you fixed the car up, but, you know, I've done this, but the brakes are probably going to fail in a little bit. I'm not taking the time to do that. If, you, if, if you're that type of person, none, I don't care if it works or not for you. So, and then what drives your economic engine is the actual idea or um, service or item that you sell or whatever it is, and in the middle. So I think of it, to your point, is very valid because that is definitely a, an, another way of looking at it, is I didn't create the graphic, but I look at that black area as the coming together of the generosity and the stewardship and investing, but it certainly works that way as well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back over that one. So character... You must be above board. I would rather look bad because I failed in a moment than get one over on somebody or have some advance in me at the detriment of another person. Because that also reflects that I don't trust God for any of this. I've now reduced my walk with the Lord to getting free things from other believers. Really? Why? Why do you go in with that expectation? Why don't you value, would you give your stuff away? Why do we think that that other believer's family is okay to have less when they sell their X, Y, Z? Why do we do that to each other? Why are we always looking for the deal? I would, I'm just, you know what? My God's bigger, and I'm just going to pay you for what you do. How much is it? I may shop around, fine, because I'm a good steward, but man, I am not going to go, you know, could you just, you know, Think of the mindset. Wow, this one's, this one's probably causing some pain. Think of the mindset that it is to always be looking for to get a service or something from somebody else for less. They have a family to feed too. You want people treating you that way that every time you come across something, can you just do it? Well, that's my price. That's the price where I am. Again, I can make conscious decisions about it. But I'm telling you, I do not go in with, with people that I know. It doesn't matter how much money they have or don't have or any of that stuff. I don't base it and go, um, you, you, can you give me a deal? I'm going to pay you what you're worth. I want to be paid what I'm worth, and I want to honor God in every single transaction. So I'm not going to nick anybody. And like I said, I would rather be embarrassed and apologize and repent for something than not come clean or do something that is a takeaway to another human being. And they can be unsaved or saved. It doesn't matter. This has to do with me and him. God's not going to allow me. Lord, I want, I, Holy Spirit, don't allow me. I mean, I don't say it that way. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. It's between me and him to be clean. It's between me and him to have character. It's between he and I how I talk to my wife. It's between he and I how I talk to the clients or talk to people that I'm familiar with or whatever it is. It's between me and him. He's the judge of that. I don't need the world system to make things right for me. That's why Paul and them talked about why are, why are you guys suing one another? Why are Christians suing one another? I don't need the world system to make things right. I'd rather walk away from money. I'm going to lose money. I would rather lose it. I don't care. God's bigger than the money. I'll, I'll give you an example. It has to do with adult, uh, not adultery, sorry. <laughs> has to do with divorce. 
in my, because I uh, was divorced, so I had uh, three kids, and my wife left, and I, I raised them. The weird things, I was my own, my own fault in the very beginning things, not that part. So she didn't live in the state, and the kids lived with me. So, um, and she had issues in her life, and really she knew they were better off where they were, and I didn't, I was not aware, plus I kind of blew past the little yellow flaggy things. So, um, she moved back, and prior to this, the kids didn't visit her, so there was never a conversation about child support. Wow, this is really interesting. Never, never uh, anything about child support and visitation, so she moved back down here. And we found ourselves now with um, mediators. I had a f- female attorney. She had an attorney, then the person who was mediating. So it was me and all chicks, all women. And um, so uh, at the end of it, she wanted to enforce visitation. And part of that enforcement was also um, child support. Well, she didn't realize she was going to have to pay me. They live with me. So she didn't have any money, and it ended up that she actually went to jail for a day, and that was interesting to explain to the kids. But she, uh, it lasted about two years, and it wasn't a, a ton of money because it's like 80-20, and they just took a number and, and reduced the amount. But at the beginning of it, she goes, they're not going to do anything to me. They're not gonna, I'm not going to have to pay anything. I mean, she was kind of brazen about the whole thing. Now, we're, I know her to this day, and we're on fine terms. So, you know, that, that part of it is all many, many years resolved. But anyway, so I'm going through these processes with God, and God speaks to me about stopping the um, child support. And the revelation was, I don't need the world system to mediate things for me. I'd rather just, hey, so I actually went to her, and I paid her back the money, and went to her and her husband, because she had remarried just a little bit, and told her and explained it to her, explained why. And it took me like a year to get the state to stop getting money. It, it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time on the phone to get them to stop. My point of it is God is my source in relationships. He's my source in love. I'm not rejected of him. I'm not abandoned of him. And I don't need, because here's what we do, right? I mean, it's, you know, Oh, man, she's paying me child support. It was a little way of gigging her a little bit. Okay, oh, yeah, you, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm just a person. So uh, get abandoned one time. See how, if you like it. So um, he's the source, and he's the one who makes things so, all right, all right, man. All right, I'm going to hit one thing on forgiveness. <sighs> okay, because it really... Without the slate being cleared in some of these areas, I can share this stuff. And the Bible says that if you have, if someone has ought against you, you go, you come to the altar and you lay your gift down. You go make things right. You weren't even at fault. Let's say it's 100% their fault. But 
there's something that explodes in our understanding when we can press through our own desire, our own hang-up about that because they're wrong and I'm right and lay the, set the gift, go make things right when I can. And so the, the parable or the story is one servant owes another servant some money. So, and it's not much. And the servant can't pay it. And, or so first, the servant owed the master, right? The servant owed the master. He goes in, begs for forgiveness, and it's a lot of money. And the master forgives him. And he goes right outside, and one of his servants, a fellow servant rather, owes him a little bit of money. And watch this imagery. Let's see. Uh, uh, Tasha, could you stand up? So I want you to see the imagery, visual. Visualize this. She owes me. And let's just say I'm 100% right. And she's 100 Rarely are things in life that way, but let's just say. 100% wrong, I'm 100% right. This is, the, this is the imagery. The servant puts his hand on the other servant's throat and says, pay me what you owe me. Demands payment. The person can't pay. Have a seat, please. My ex-wife couldn't pay me what she owed me. Your ex, your whoever, however, parent, they cannot pay you what they owe you. They're incapable of it. And demanding a tree or demanding a draft to behave like an elephant is folly. God is your source. Take your hand off their throat. And I, on their behalf, forgive, I'm I'm making the payment. And I have the capacity to make the payment because I've been forgiven much. I'm clean. I'm free. I owed. I had a debt I could not pay. Jesus did something for me that I couldn't do. And so now I'm going to do likewise. And when, when something like comes, and my illustration is you have a car, you're driving the car, and you're at a stoplight, and someone behind you bumps into you. And you get out, and the person goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I was on my phone. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, man, you're so forgiving. That's okay. Let's just make sure everybody's okay, right? It's a very cordial thing. Now you're in the car, and the person behind you bumps you, and you get out, and and the person behind you goes, what are you doing? The light was green. Why didn't you go? And they start blaming you. We burr up. Oh, no, wait a second. What are you talking about? That was You did it. See, it's easy to forgive, and Jesus pointed that out. It's easy to forgive people who, who you like or people like you or people who ask for forgiveness. They're the easiest to forgive. You haven't done anything because you forgive someone who asks you to forgive them. Where you've done something, character, is when they can't possibly pay you and they don't even know. They don't even acknowledge that they've done something to you. You can't make them see it. They are blind. They can't pay you what they owe you. Now, if Jesus got a hold of them and they repented, what are they going to do? Have you ever done this? If you've wronged somebody and God gets a hold of you, what do you do? You're going to make a beeline. Listen, brother or sister, I'm sorry. I was wrong when that happened because, because God convicts you of it. Well, they're not there. Well, don't expect them. 
You can pray for them, but I mean, don't expect that. Instead, your forgiveness becomes the payment. And it comes from an unlimited supply of forgiveness that God has given me. And now I'm going to dole out that forgiveness. This has everything to do with stewardship. It has everything to do with generosity. It has everything to do with investing. Your character. So while there are tidbits to glean from a Dave Ramsey program, and the money can accumulate, while there are benefits of investing and giving, and you can still give that money at church, what God wants, what the Holy Spirit wants out of us, more than anything, beyond all of that, beyond all of that, is our hearts clean, burdens lifted, past things gone and faded away by his great grace and mercy, and that we are ever generous to others. And we're ever willing to help others learn how to steward. And we're always investing in others beyond just the financial side of it. Two things to explore. I'm, a, I'm certain the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. I count on it. In fact, without that, you know, then uh, it's, not my, it's not time for me well spent. I need Holy Spirit to partner with me and to, and to um, wash us in the water of the word. And then be thinking on what your number one takeaway is, and I want you to put it into practice the quickest you can, the fastest that it is, you know, reasonable for you to put into practice whatever that one thing was or multiple things, you, I can, I can make some guarantees in the same way the Holy Spirit taught me and showed me about these things, that if you'll just put something into practice more than nothing, something more than nothing, just something more than nothing, $10, $50, let, it, let him grow you in it that you will be amazed in 30 days, astonished in 60 days or 120 days because it, is, it works. And again, the, one of the cornerstone things was I was fellowshipping with the Lord like I hadn't fellowshiped before. I mean, I was fellowshipping and spending time. I was doing the, the time in the middle of the night and, and failing, going, man, I want to get up. And oh, it's so comfortable under the covers, you know. I mean, that's, that's what I, but when I, when I get up, I, I remember this one time, I, I got it in light, right? Not an idea? Okay. So I was, I got up one morning, I was, I was so happy. I was like, oh man, and God, you're going to download some really, I can't wait. And, and uh, what was it about? It was something I shared with two people about, boy, I can't remember it, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I got up and I, and the Holy Spirit convicts me and he goes, you only shared that to make you look good. I thought, I got up in the morning for that. <laughs> but see, I love his correction as much as I love revelation, as much as I love instruction as well. So it helped adjust to where it wasn't just whatever that particular thing was. 
That, that wouldn't really uplifting either. So, yes, okay. I've come in obedience, and Jeff has granted me a door of utterance. And people have come to hear really more what you have to say to them. And so I thank you for performing your word as you promised in Isaiah that you perform your word and cause it to come to pass. So I thank you for testimonies of people who did something more than nothing and you bless them and broaden their way of thinking. I speak peace over households, peace over marriages, peace over friendships, that above all things we, we honor you and that we walk in love and see others as precious and valuable. Thank you for bringing those seeds to pass. In the name, the majestic name of Jesus, amen.